As Santa Clara County's original Benjamin Moore dealer, South Bay Paint supports local contractors with rewards and incentives. For a limited time, we're offering a $100 credit to contractors who sign up for a new account at any of our three South Bay Paint stores, Rose Garden, Campbell, or Santa Teresa. Minimum purchase applies. Call South Bay Paints today using promo code AUDIOCREDIT for details. Find us at southbaypaints.com. That's southbaypaints.com. It's a new day. Yes, it is. Welcome to the greatest podcast of all time, which is entitled The New Day. Feel the power, baby, yeah. just want to say I'm so happy to be here. It's real chill. <laughs> I'm really in a good zen moment. You know, the energy is about love. and It's just flowing. And if only you guys had the same attitude play words of France. Come on now. Oh my God. We couldn't you even get through the intro. We can't even get through. We're trying to you. We can't even put you over. No. You're talk- I mean, come on, sir. All you guys heard our guest. stone is going to be written. <laughs> Big E and Kobe Woods cheat at words with France. Oh, oh my God. Kobe and Woods. Oh, no. Not Woods. Come on. No, no, no. Woods, you never cheat. Ladies and gentlemen, I, I am Xavier Woods. I am Big E. And Kofi I Dean. am Kofi Kingston. God and, damn, and, 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 and we have a guest. We have a fantastic guest who you've just heard his voice, so you know who it is. But for those of you who would sleep under a rock and don't understand what this man sounds like, and you already should, is the big show. Ooh. Wow. I like that. That was a good intro. Man, boy, hey, hold on a second, man. Now, see, I was hoping you would do this. I didn't want to say. If, if, you, if you don't sing the big show song in that auto tone. Come on, man. You better. You you better. Well, it's the big show. That is the big, bad show tonight, y'all. Hey, man, that works pretty good. I like that. That has some, over. That has some soul to it. You know? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, man. I need, a, I need like a 1976 convertible caddy. No, roll up with a nice hat, some big shoes with a couple of sharks in it because my feet are big. I can't have goldfish. <laughs> oh, that sounded good. What was that, auto-tune? You know, we, we like yeah. to make sure our guests feel welcome, you know? Put them I over. I feel welcome. Put them over. Like I said, you know, the only group, the only issue I've ever had with two of your partners is, you know, the fact that they're word with friend bullies. That's oh, it. Come on. Wow. So, so this stems... I think the world needs to know that Big E <laughs> and Kofi Kingston are words with friend bullies. If they have a chance to pummel you like 200 to 3, they will. They won't let up. You know, it's just one, st- one shot after another shot. Like, man, I can't even tap out. They beat me up so bad. And it's just like, <laughs> oh, hey, man, how you doing? You want to play words with friends? No, I don't want to play words with friends with you again. No, I want to pull the skin off your face is what I want to do. Wow. Wow. Dear me. That's an overreaction. Yeah, is it <laughs> We're talking Dude, games. This, this it's just words with friends. See, that's the problem. If you put all that energy into uh, getting your word game up, then, you know, you right. might have scored a few more points. Okay. You know, First you of all, my word game is it's fair to Midland, I admit. But what I'm saying is you can't use words like za. Why not? It's yeah. a word. Oh, that's, that's for word. pizza. Really? Yes. Yeah. That's slang. That's not a word. T X I. Come on. Energy. Energy. Bro. Everybody, everybody know that. Everybody <laughs> know it. <laughs> That's energy. You know? Yeah. Look, we we come for blood. I don't think you guys should have taken those victories. I think, you know, I want a friendly game to play with my friends. I didn't want to, you know, have my inner child kicked right in the nuts. They're taking liberties. Right. My child now has developed a stuttering <laughs> habit and is afraid to pick up a book. <laughs> no. That's what you guys have done to my inner child. No, no, hold up. But in all fairness, man, okay, let, let's talk about games because Jin. Okay, back in the day, gin used to be a thing. You know, we people didn't have like the games on the road. We used to play gin all the time on tour. And you talk right. about bullying people. What? That's what you did mm. with those cards. You, I, I don't, I don't. Yes. 
Yes, you were a bully in the game of cards and oftentimes it involved money, which we won't talk about. You know, you talk about bullying. Let that was you. We learned from you. <laughs> That's only if if I inducted you into the gin game through, you know, financial swindling. <laughs> because it happened to me when I was a rookie. I first walked in the locker room and Jim Duggan comes in, the friendliest guy in the locker room. You know, Jim Duggan goes, hey, kid, you know how to play gin? No, sir. He says, sit down, kid. I'll teach you. 150 bucks later, I learned how to play. <laughs> you pass that hurt on to, to Kofi. Hurt people, hurt people. Hurt. Well, no, it's not hurt. I, I educate. Now, Kofi is a very strong gin player. Kofi has done very well in some overseas gin tournaments and almost won. Like, he's come in the top four. <laughs> so, Kofi now is, you know, he, he's, a, he's a gin savant. Considered the amount that he's played and the and the way that he's picked it up, where before he was a you know he was a target, he was a quick ten bucks. Now, <laughs> quick ten. Now, not so much. You know what I mean? Because you know he's going to play his cards right. He's going to play the odds. He's going to trick you into dumping so he can go down. You know, Kofi's got. And I would like to think that I had a small part in his education. You see, you see what's happening, right? <laughs> <laughs> and what's happening, right? So I'm not, I'm not good at gin. Even now, even now, I'm not good. But you try to reel me back in for when you do come. Hey, you know, I just put you over. You think you think you have me feel like I'm, you know, like I'm the stuff. Oh yeah, show said I was good. Yeah, I'm gonna pick up, and then you reel me right back in, and you go and take the money again. I know, I know this game, dude. No way. I think you're a good gym player. You've, you've really come up a lot. I think what you need is a little bit more. Like, if we did like a, like a game for like, you know, like a 10 or $20, like $20 skunk, 10 games straight up, set first one 75 points, I think you could do really well. You know, you could probably get your, you could probably stump me easy. You could probably beat me 75 to nothing. See that? Just trying you to reel you back in. Up uh, the pressure a little bit. Once somebody talks numbers that quickly, I'm out. Yeah. Immediately. <laughs> I'm terrible with numbers. With like taxes and everything, I go straight to my wife. I mean, the numbers, yeah. you go straight to the wife. I don't even try. So all I'm imagining now is when we get done, you go to your wife, you're like, do you, do you think I can beat Joe and Jen? <laughs> I mean, he said I was pretty good. He said I've come a long way. I'll make sure I send her some flowers and, you know, that way I can get her to work on the other side. <laughs> yes, baby. I think you can beat Show and Jen, you know? I think you can. Um, if we start dipping into college fund money, then, you know, I don't want to come after me. So we'll just keep it. <laughs> we've, known some, we've known some guys in our group that have, have dumped some huge figures. Degenerates. You have always had that kind of like looking out for Kofi mentality. Which we have. and We've told the story. <laughs> I must go into it. I know we are going with this. It has a good ending. Yeah. Because I have to I have to eat my own words, so it's okay. I am because of who's involved, I will gladly eat my own words because I've never been so happy to be wrong in my life. I've seen Kofi come in from FCW, all the four things that Kofi went through and how he strived and his his athleticism, his his commitment to be better, his commitment to be dependable and solid. And I saw him work into that championship role like he was getting there intercontinental champion move up to heavyweight champion you know and then there's these two guys i don't know you know and then it looks like he just you know tipped over my bus on the way in and ate a cow somewhere in between you know <laughs> and then this this other guy's running around with a trombone uh with a trumpet what was it no a trombone trombone right. trombone trombone running around the trombone playing tunes acting like you know he's lost his mind and I'm like, no, because this I'm thinking three-man band. Like, no one's going to come out good well on this. This is not going to work. Now, mind you, in front of the crowd, this is just what I saw backstage. Clarify that. So I pull my friend Kofi discreetly to the side. It wasn't the screen. Excuse me, sir. We have found the lie. It was anything but discreet. <laughs> you take that back. Maybe it was a foot and a half to the side, but yeah, that it wasn't even I'm, to the side. We we may have been still touching elbows, show you and I. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we all know how I am with business because of the way business was talked to me. I translate business the same way. When it's business, you can't beat around the bush and sugarcoat. You have to be direct, and if you can't handle it, you're in the wrong business. 
period. So like I told Kobe, I said, you know, I said, man, you're on your way to being a champion, like being a contender and getting that big title. You, know, you don't want to run around with these two. <laughs> I mean, I get it. You want to do something. You're trying to create. You're in a lull right now. But these two aren't going to get you over. <laughs> I, mean, I love you, man. I just want to see what's best for you. Literally within earshot. Kofi, I love Kofi because he's never, ever, ever, ever been disrespectful except for words with friends. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody looks at me and he says, I appreciate that, but, you know, there is something special here. Give it a look. I'm like, okay, I will. I'll reserve judgment, but I'm just telling you, you know, like, I, I mean, we've seen how many three-man groups and whatever, and, you know, I just, to me, I thought it was a death sentence for my friend Kofi. I really did. I was like, so I sit down, and I'm watching the monitor and I hear this loud booming voice come over it. Like I'm sitting in the Baptist church in South Carolina, you know, the <laughs> Pentecostal church. And then all of a sudden, you know, everything comes out and uh, the trombone and the crowd and the energy. And then I saw you guys work and the way you work together. And as soon as y'all came through the curtain, what did I say? Apologize. Sorry. I apologize. I said, forget every frigging thing I just said. And I probably dropped it. Keep it polite for the kids that may be watching the show. I said, I was absolutely frigging wrong. What you guys is magic. Don't change. And I've been a fan ever since. Some of the best tours I've had has been with you guys. Yes. I'll never forget the uh, Uso Six Man. We had so much fun, man. The Uso Six Man, Primo and Epico two-on-one handicaps are my two favorite. Oh, choke slams. Favorite. Let me choke slam. The two choke slams or the, the one where... Primo kept ribbing Epico because he wanted to get on Primo's shoulders to be taller than me, you know, with the chop spot and all that, you know, like back and forth. The last night we were in, I get to the ring and Primo didn't have his boots laced up. They weren't tight. I said, I don't know whether to be insulted or be proud. He said, this match is easy. I don't have to lace my boots up. This match is easy, you know. Then our six mans, I remember every night going down there, you know, with Usos those guys, Jimmy and Jay, are ridiculous how good they are. And uh, I said, I'm going to be serious now. And he's like, oh, I'll get you to break. I said, you're not going to give me a break. I got a face of stone. You are not going to get five seconds, eight seconds maybe. <laughs> he just looked at me, and I'm just like, okay, I'm done. Yeah, yeah just knocked me completely out of character. I just gave up after about the third or fourth night. I'm not going to work with this group. It's going well, the, the thing that, that really, uh, I'll say physically hurt, because for some reason, I felt the need to construct uh, a situation where I got chopped in the back like seven yeah, or eight times. You're insane. Yeah. It was it was hilarious though. It was a good spot, but I still felt bad because <laughs> you have large hands, the largest hands that I've ever seen in my life. And so, everyone who's listening, you obviously know being chopped is something that hurts, and being chopped by a Big Show is something that hurts way more than being chopped by anyone else. But then, when you take into account being chopped in the back. By Big Show. <laughs> One of yeah. the scariest times of my life was the first time you crept into the ring. My back is here. I know. Oh my God. Oh my God. Come on. Come on. Come on. And it was so loud, but I like didn't feel a thing. Mm, yeah. That's when I realized, wow. Shows. Wow. Show my. He, he's, he's incredible. He's incredible. That <laughs> <laughs> kid. There's, there's, there's definitely a love factor that goes in who gets chopped and how they get chopped. You know, there, there are some that get a great chop. And it's loud and it stings a little bit. And then there are some that you'll see come back that are lit up and bruised and bleeding. Well, apparently somewhere along the line, you know, got a disagreement. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the things that the way the uh, TVs are constructed now without an audience, you're going to find that guys are going to come at us and be a lot better workers, right? Because they don't have that audience crutch to play off of, too. Do a move, look at the crowd, do a move, look at the crowd. Like now you have to stay involved, stay involved with your opponent and tell stories. You have to tell the story up here that makes sense because you're the only one in there. You know, so I think this, even though this is a crazy, crazy time and this, you know, it seems like stupidity is the real virus that's catching. <laughs> <laughs> the good thing that'll come out of this for our business, I think see a lot of younger talent now they're going to learn to be better workers because you look at the guys in the 80s and the 90s ones like the dusty and 
Arn, Flair. Yeah, those were huge names that were big events and big arenas. But what people forget is they also work local TV shows where there might be 14 people in the studio audience. So they had to do that storytelling in the ring because they were working for the thousands, hundreds of thousands of millions at home watching. But it made their craft, I think, sharper because they didn't have that crutch of a crowd. Now, when they got that crowd, they knew what to do with it because they felt it more. So that's just my opinion on like now, because I see at first there were a lot of, uh, when I was watching our show, there were a lot of deer in the headlight looks without having a crowd. Now you see guys are getting really comfortable and the gals too are very comfortable. Their, their characters look sharper because their characters have to be sharper. Their execution has to be sharper. You, you really can't get away with a lot because you are literally exposed. It's like a triumph without a crowd. I, I, so I want to say, dude, like, so I agree with everything that you're saying, but I wanted to back it up a little bit because you were talking about uh, the reason behind people getting like hard chops is based on kind of like their attitude. And I wish that you had told me that back in 2009, because when uh, I came out, um, you know, I debuted in 2008 and you'll remember I had a real just nice full chest. You know, boom, my, chest, my chest was popping. You know what I mean? Like I would be pepping and doing all stern. I do. I go to like, you know what I'm saying? I go to do a push up, and my chest hits the ground. You know what I mean? Like it was a real, a real live chest. You know, real live. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and when you and I by lightning on a Zoom call. Yeah. You, you and I, you and I ended up having a match, and I remember uh, getting chopped so hard in the chest, and uh, my chest has never well, been the same since. You remember that spinning jump kick that you did where you kicked me in the chin. <laughs> I, I've been kicked in the chin hard by two people. One was RVD and the other was Kofi. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I've worked with some dudes that were sledgehammers. God, one of them's a redheaded kid that I love to death, but you know, he was like fighting a bag of hammers every night and that was Seamus. Seamus <laughs> <laughs> is like fighting a bag of, he is literally I think, probably I've had some of my best matches with Seamus. I think we work well together because it's, it's very physical. Like, I'm the type, if you get physical, okay, well, I'm going to get physical too. And it brings it up a level. Like, I can remember sitting in the back after a shower and I'm sitting in a chair somewhere overseas and I'm just covered in bruises in my chest, <laughs> in my stomach, my forearms. And I'm thinking, I have some kind of iron deficiency. What's going on? <laughs> You know, like, why am I bruised up so bad? You know, and then I'm watching some playback and it's like, <laughs> so yeah, you and RVD, RVD did that to me one time. And right in the middle of his cell, he jumped up and gave me a spinning back kick. Hit me right there in the chin. And like, and I told him in the ring, I was like, Jesus, if you want to come back, just tell me. You don't have to kill me. <laughs> you know? And uh, Kofi came out there, wanted to show his fighting spirit. He was Jamaican <laughs> crazy. Hey, man. And I'm in the corner turnbuckle, and he tried to put my teeth through the back of my skull, which is great. You know, I respect that you want to make it snug, and you want to make it. And I don't mind snug. <laughs> snug is what we do. But just understand, you know, in our business, this thing called a receipt. Uh, so, you know, you bought that kick. Let me give you the receipt with it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I see it every day, you know? I see it every day. Now, I look in the mirror, you know, sometimes you, it's what buyer's remorse, right? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I look in the mirror. And I, start, <laughs> I start looking at my chest. I'm just like, don't let me pass this. Don't let me pass this sternum onto the kids. Don't let the kids have a sternum like me. If, if you ever get into the business and you fight a giant, don't drop kick him in the chin. The price is steep. You'll end up with a chest like a cart. Sometimes you got to learn the hard way. You know who's the worst? The absolute worst that I don't stop him? Triple H. Why? Because he's got such an upper chest when he's in the corner and he does that. His upper chest is so hard and it peaks. It's like slapping two bowling balls. I don't know how to explain it. Like, it's just like, it makes noise, but your hand might off camera now. Yeah, cat, just cat, cat coming in. Cat crossing, cat crossing. She does whatever she wants to do. But yeah, like chopping hunters, like it hurts me more. Like the bones in my wrist hurt, you know? Like Hunter was over there, he says, give me a chop. I'm like, no, it hurts me. He starts <laughs> laughing. He goes, what do you mean it hurts you? Like the whole time we're going around the ring, he's laughing at me like I'm a big wuss because I don't want to chop. Well, yeah, it just hurts my wrist. I don't like chopping. 
something like that he'll just you know he'll ride you every night the entire tour and just you know he won't let go so it's fun i trained legs with him one day and went at it pretty hard and i was wrestling taker that night so uh i'm in the ring and taker and i go to lock up and as soon as the dude taker leans forward just sticks his thumb right in my quad i was offended by it. But it i rolled out of the ring i looked at taker i went what the is that <laughs> what's the matter? Those legs sore, you know, and I could hear Hunter belly laughing at the curtain, you know, Hunter said, yeah, we killed show's legs today. So every time I got in the ring, that's all Taker was doing was going for the claw on my legs. It's like, it was giving me anxiety because it was like, I, I just started to get comfortable with something and he grabbed my quad. I was like, okay. <laughs> That's how those guys were. <laughs> Just imagine being like a person in the crowd out there. Like, what is Undertaker doing? Why does he keep grabbing his quad? Oh, that's the strategy. He's trying to chop yeah. him down. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, he was Undertaker. Oh, he's smoking. <laughs> it was working, too. That lactic acid was all built up. I'm like, I mean, I'm almost like, I'm going to take stop, man. It's not funny, man. Just stop. And, you know, you know, Taker doesn't break character. But when he does, he'll, have, he'll put that glove over his face like this. So he's just, he's giggling in the ring because you know i'm like come on man can we just can we have a match like i'm trying to be serious because i'm working undertaker yeah <laughs> now, no it's we big show day if, if people knew the kind of dumb stuff that we were actually doing in the ring oh yeah so like the the, the amount of time that something like that happens is so insane and no, so it's, it's stuff that people can't necessarily always see so even if he's just poking you a little bit like you're losing your mind but you can't, my you can't show that. You can't show that. <laughs> no, I'm trying to stay in character, but it legitly, you know, it hurts, you know, and then it's nonstop. And it's like, you know, and it doesn't, it, it's, it, it's annoying, you know, and, and Taker, of course, just pushes it to the next level. You know, That's like the, uh, you remember the, old, you heard the old metrics bar in the, in the, in the tag team with Hunter and them where he did that one time years ago. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was a tag match years ago. And I think it was, uh, Hunter and somebody against Jericho and somebody. It wasn't Jericho and I. It was Jericho and someone else. They do the sunset flip spot and they used to pull Hunter's trunks down so he'd move in the crowd. This was years ago. Well, Hunter had had Kyoto hold on to a chocolate Metrex protein bar. You know, and Hunter had mashed it all up and then hit it in the wrapper and had Kyoto hold on to it. So then just before the sunset flip spot, Hunter gets a candy bar back from Kyoto. She's Jericho off. There's a sunset flip. Hunter had already put it in his tights. So when Jericho did the, the sunset flip spot, the candy bar is kind of stuck. So Hunter had to like bat his tights a little bit to get it to fall out. And when it fell out, it hit Chris on the chest. And Chris completely flipped out like, <laughs> like that. But the crowd got it right away. And the, the metrics bar was getting popped. As soon as somebody would, would bump into it or kick it because the match went on, it was like, ooh. <laughs> and then the other side, ooh. You know, it's like, you know, the metrics bar got the biggest pop of the whole match. Great. <laughs> but that kind of, that kind of thinking on the gun and thinking on the fly and that relaxing and trusting in the people you work with and trusting in yourself as a talent, that's where the magic happens and the freedom happens. You know? And that's why we're... Where are some of the younger guys? They try to plan every move, every every A, B, C, D, E, F, G in the back. Like, have an idea of what you want to do, but but be open to who you are and be open to who you're working with. That's one of the things that I like to see going a little bit forward with these guys. And I think, and that's with this no TV that we have now, this no audience thing, is going to help a lot of guys because they can't wait to have fun. They're, they, you know, the matches when we get the crowds back, I think are going to be off the chain. You know, because guys have have... have will have starved that interaction. I think the fans are going to get a, a better a better performer because the guys have put through, put it through the dues, you know, have gone through the works to get there. I think it'll just be better all the way around. As you're talking about just wrestling in general, someone like you who has had such an illustrious career, you've, you've been serious, you've been funny, you've run the gamut of all the kinds of emotions. As we're talking about like a lot of live events where we've worked together, uh, I know that the three of us have had a lot of fun working with you uh, like on television specifically, uh, <laughs> that string of like gimmick matches that we had. So like uh, the Thanksgiving match with the bar that we yes. had, stuff like that. Stuff where uh, B. Kofi like spit the mist in your face. Oh Just yeah, the, the yeah. Was it yeah. Or Muda? yeah, the the, the Muda, <laughs> the Muda. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But so someone like yourself who who 
came in this industry and you're a huge guy. You've got this, this giant figure. People are just in awe at, at your size, at your skill. Is it hard for you or was it hard for you to be okay oh, yeah. going into like the funny route and saying, okay, I can take myself a little less seriously in this moment and still have a great time and entertain people. I think for me, when I started, it was, it was the planets and the moon, the stars aligned. You know, I was the right age, the right athletic ability, the right build, the right opponent. Cause I started in, in 95. You know, I, 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 I was brought in as an opponent for Hulk Hogan. And then, you know, from there, it was up to me to, to how well I did. And it was different in WCW, even though there were some great legends and some amazing talent in WCW, WCW was a different environment. There were guys that were all seasoned. I mean, I was the youngest guy in the locker room by like 15 years, maybe, um, which is a huge difference. And nobody was really pushing that envelope, so to speak, because everybody had guaranteed contracts. They had hotels and cars paid for. You know, guys just want to go out and chill and not get hurt. And then when I came to New York, it was a completely different environment. It was very super competitive. Everybody's eyes are on you. Already, everybody doesn't like you because you are talented, because you are athletic. You know, it's funny. I did probably everything I could do wrong when I first got to WWE. From running my mouth, from talking trash, to uh, leaving early, to just, if there was a checklist that you go through, like, you know, you just go home. <laughs> I mean, now that I'm older, they're common sense things. But at the time, it wasn't common sense to me. I, was, I felt like I was on top of the world. Back then. I was making a little bit of money in my pocket. You know, it was good. I got long hair. I got a Marlboro light. <laughs> you know? And uh, it wasn't, it, it was rough because our business was different then. It, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't a hold your hand to get through stuff. If you can't get, if you can't keep up, you get cut out. Period. You know, so it, it took a lot for me to, to uh, basically, I had to, in a, in, a, in a sense, I had to go and pay my dues after I'd already got in, after I'd already been a champion. I had to go through the rigmarole of paying my dues and learning what our business is about and why we're really here. Because at first, it was a lot of fun. I'm working with all these guys that grew up watching. I make a ton of money. I got a head full of hair. Life's great. <laughs> <laughs> you keep coming back to this head yeah. full of hair. Yeah. It was a beautiful yeah. head full of hair. It was. Oh, what a mane. It's sad because, like, there was a couple of times in my life that, like, if we ever invent a time machine, Woods, if you ever invent one, <laughs> and I'm going to show up like the little Martian in Flintstones. I'm like, hello, dum-dum, and I'm going to crack myself right in the chin. You know, just about 30 <laughs> seconds before I open my mouth on something stupid, I want to show up in a time machine. I could have saved myself a lot of a lot of heartache and a lot of pain just by talking a little less, keeping my ears open a little more. And I think that's why our business is, is so much lighter than it is now, because we have so many young guys. There aren't so many old guys that are super aggressive trying to hold on to their spot by tooth and claw. You know, and there's a respect factor that goes with our business. There's a respect your opponent, it's not go out there. If someone's giving you their body, you do the show, you do the match, but you make sure that that person can do that same match every night, four or five nights a week. You get them paid, you get them home to their families, you get paid, you get home to your family. No one on the card is expendable. You know what I'm saying? Like every person, every camera person, every backstage person, every enhancement talent, they all contribute to this Whatever we're doing moving forward, whether it's your character, it's another character, it's a theme of the program, it takes everyone's input work together. There's just, there's no room for that self-sustaining idiocy. And sometimes you come across, I mean, I know I did when I first started because I did it out of, did it out of insecurity. I knew I wasn't as good as the guys around me. I knew I didn't have the experience as the guys around me. But I knew there wasn't too many of them that could kick my ass, so I just ran my mouth. What do you do if you can't kick a guy's ass and he runs his mouth? You ostracize. Now, I didn't quite get kicked out of the locker room or the dressing room, but, you know, I was probably pretty close. I've had a few discussions with this. You've been around, you know whose finger that is. <laughs> Undertakers. I've, uh, it's funny. I've sat through many and asked you and from him that the time I was like, God, why is this guy just picking on me? Like, Jesus Christ. Like, every time I do something, this guy's on my but you know what? Now that I'm older, I get it. It's funny. Some of the same talks that I got, I've given to other people almost verbatim in our business to help them. 
You know, you take what you learn, you take what you experience, and you try to pass it on to the new ones coming up. Try to keep some of the, the good parts of our business, the, the brotherhood and the family and the being on the road and away from your own families. Because we're our family. You know, we're on the road five nights a week. You know, sometimes, you know, 20 days in a row all over the world. We go through customs together. We go through bad bus rides and bad catering and crappy hotels and some crowds that you wish they had to pass deodorant out before you walk down the aisle. <laughs> you know, the tunnel of funk because nobody wears deodorant in the part of the world. But we've all been through that. And we've all bonded through that. And that's that brotherhood and sisterhood is, is, is the joy of what we do. Because think about all the places that we've been, even as a kid, when you want to do something, whether you want to be a pro wrestler to start with or you want to be whatever, a fireman, an astronaut, whatever it is, name a job where you get the freedom that we have to do what we want to do basically during the day. We got to make our flights. We got to make it to the building on time. I don't really have any respect for guys that can't make it to the building on time or showtime on time because that's just real laziness. You know, there's only a couple of hours out of your day that's demanded. You got free time. You can go to the gym, you lay in the hotel, lay out in the sun, do whatever you want to do. Go play pinochle at the bingo hall. I don't care. As long as you show up on showtime. And then travel the world and do what we do. We have the billions of people on this planet. And if you're one of the guys or gals that's on the road working overseas out of the 30, 40 people maybe out of the roster that's picked to do those tours, you know, that's such a small percentage infinite percentage of people in the world to get to do what we do be thankful every day is a gift make that day count and i got to preach and didn't i i'm sorry that's beautiful. <laughs> yeah you know yeah. you spend a lot of your time yeah. just riding us but you that was beautiful that was really beautiful you, yeah, well, don't, 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 it. you know save it okay save it. <laughs> 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 back in. Oh, that's what i want you i want you to come back around the tree and then tree is going to eat you like a stephen king tree oh sir oh, try to lure us in Oh, yeah, that's what I do. <laughs> I mean, Kofi's gin game's real strong. I'll, I'll definitely <laughs> <end the> <laughs> <laughs> Of course, of course, we go, where was that town we were at, E, where the workout room is right next to the to the gorilla position? Real nice gym. Is that Nebraska? May Is there one in Lincoln? Lincoln. I can't remember. It was either Nebraska or Iowa or somewhere like that. So I go into the gym and I've worked out and I've done my warm-up, my 135, my 220. My 275, my 315. I finish off with my 405 for three. It's good, good chest day, you know, good chest. Got those three flexed out. Big chest over here comes walking in, under the bench. I said, Oh man, what you want on the bar? He goes, Oh, you can leave it. He just reps out about 12 or 15 of them, like this. <laughs> just, you know, you don't know how close I came to like stepping on the bar. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't have to do that you know, he, you know he's like yeah move your old ass out of the way let me show you how to lift <laughs> you get a warm for me there's a time you know before the arthritis got in my elbows you know? first of all I'm pretty sure that's exaggerated that doesn't sound exaggerated <laughs> I don't know and second yeah. of all I'm trying, to, I'm trying to save you some time just leave the weights that's it thank you very much that's all <laughs> yeah that's what I'm warm you're weak old <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. You see, there's a lot of pressure when your name is Big E and you're not tall at all. And I have to I have to live up to this pressure. Speaking of which, you are the big show. So I'd like to apologize for coming in with a big in my name. <laughs> it wasn't my idea. It was not my idea. But uh, it's something that we kind of thought about. We talked about is especially during these European tours. You, you know, like being big is a part of your gimmick, but this is like Kofi likes to say, this is my actual face. Like this is, <laughs> you can, you can talk about my characters, but you have to walk around being that large. Yeah. And I guess we just wanted some insight as to how is living, especially when you're on some of these planes, even if you're in first class where you don't have much leg room, I know how uncomfortable I am and I'm half your size. It, it is difficult, but those are decisions that I've made that, you know, somebody asked me one time, you know, the small commuter jets that we take, charter flights to get from one city to another city sometimes. You know, I had sitting in that front row, punched over, you know, like 10 pounds of crap in a three-pound bag. <laughs> I have to turn sideways and try to squeeze through to, to get to that seat. There's two choices. I can either go to work or I can go home. These are the tools that are given to me to do my job. I love doing my job. I love being part of my crew. I love being out there with you guys. So it's attitude, you know, sure. You can be grumpy. And I was grumpy early in my life. I think early in my career, 
because I could never get away from that. I was on 24-7. Like every time I went out, it's oh, giant this, giant that. I'm like, man, can't you just see I'm, I'm, I'm an outback? Then I had to realign my thinking because it was causing me stress. You know, I had approached it differently. Like there's, you know, one, I should be thankful that anybody remembers me. I'm in a job that the more people remember who you are, the better you usually do. It's called being a draw. So you want that it factor. And, you know, if it gets to be too much, then don't do it. Stay home. So those small plans, yeah, they suck. I ride them because that's what we all have to ride. Going out in public, I'm always on. I'm always trying to be nice. I'll always say yes to a picture. Uh, usually I'll shake your hand unless you had your finger in your nose or something. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like when, when the kid comes up with his whole fist in his mouth and his dad's like, hey, shake his hand. I'm like, oh, no, no, no. We give you a nice elbow. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> now, that, little, that little disease factory you're carrying there, I don't, I don't get a clue. I'm good. But it's all an, an attitude and how you approach that. I mean, you, you can uh, embrace it, be thankful for it. That's why I used to get mad at some, and we've seen some people on our tours that weren't very famous, that haven't been in our business very long, that had very negative attitude. And you've seen me jump a few of those people's asses pretty quick. Mm -hmm. Because my attitude is, is look, I'm old. <laughs> if my attitude's good, your attitude should be good too. You're young. You got them good knees. You got them good joints. <laughs> you can put a hat and sunglasses on and go out to the club. I, mean, I put a hat and sunglasses, go to the club. It's on TMZ. So, you know, I can't hide. That's why you won't catch me camping in Wyoming either. They might shoot me for Bigfoot. <laughs> <laughs> I'll stay out of like Colorado, Bigfoot, Northern Wild, Pacific Northwest. <laughs> we got them. We got them. Oh, look. oh no. <laughs> I can't Especially even with that beard, too. Yeah. That, beard look, that beard looking thick, boy. And edged up. Yeah, I know. It kind of looks like very white. It's a little bit really thick and trimmed up. Nice. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, your boys at Maestro's there did that the other week. They trimmed it oh, up really good. Oh, there we go. I'm going to try to go it long and do a comb over. It looks like a boo bill. <laughs> I respect it. <laughs> uh, speaking of Barry White, by the way, the yes. best, this is not in a wrestling ring, but this is probably the best wrestling picture I've ever seen. It's you and your gaggle of famous black friends. And I want <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's in black and white I think you're everyone just like cackling having the best time sitting yeah. on like this L-shaped couch it's such a tremendous picture because it's Lenny Kravitz it's it's Lawrence George Fishburne. Clinton yep yeah. Lawrence Fishburne Denzel uh, Washington mm -hmm. so please Daniels, George Clinton how did this come to be? I'm really really good friends with Lenny Kravitz like I forget like I went and saw Lenny play this past summer in LA. It's funny, Edge actually got mad at me because Lenny and I went to he's like, who the hell is friends with Lenny Kravitz and doesn't tell anyone? Like Edge, <laughs> Edge, Edge was hot that Lenny and I were friends and I never told them. Like I had that's how I felt too. <laughs> <laughs> but I, it's just a different I forget he's Lenny. He's my brother Lenny. He shows up at my house on Thanksgiving with a fork in his pocket and no shoes. You know what I mean? Like that's you know he's family, if that makes any sense, you know. So that night, he says, hey, uh, Fishburne's having to get together at his house. You want to go? Orpheus? Like, Orange Fishburne? <laughs> yeah, I'm in. You know, like, of course. So we, uh, we go to the house. And let me just say, one, how amazing Lawrence Fishburne is in person. His presence is unbelievable because he's got this deep, clear voice from the theater. Oh, and it's just, just so natural and, and the love that emanates off this man when you're in his presence is unreal. It's like you feel like you've known him your whole life when you meet him, if that makes any sense. He's such an incredible, incredible personality. So uh, we met Fishburne and he's dying laughing because uh, his wife at the time, uh, when he was married to Gina, I had met her at a USA Bonnie Hammer party. You know, with all the USA people there. Well, I guess she came home and told Fish all about this tall glass of milk that she liked. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know anything about this. When I went to Fishburne's house, he looked at me and started laughing and fell down the driveway. At first, <laughs> he was laughing. And I'm like, yeah, it's February. So Lenny brought, you know, his biggest white friend he had. It's like, <laughs> like bring a white friend day. You know, because I was like, why is he laughing at me? Like, damn, 
<laughs> like I'm looking at my clothes. I mean, you know, it was my fly unzipped. Like, what's wrong? He says, you don't understand. He says, my wife loves you and she's not here. <laughs> so right away, he's FaceTiming and she got hot and she's like, can I have anything to myself? Can I just have anything? Like, she was legitly hot. So that was a nice little you know, icebreaker with him. So then, you know, uh, Denzel is driving George Clinton, you know, and, and uh, they're pulling into Fishburne's house and, and Lenny, you know, he's my brother, he goes, hey, you got to go tell Denzel you loved him and Ray. What? Denzel Washington is one of my favorite actors of all time. I am not telling him I love Jimmy Ray. I know that was Jamie Foxx. And he goes, go, be a go do it. And I went, okay, all right. So I mean, you know, I go in the car, you know, I reach through the window. I say hi to George Clinton. I say, hey, man, I love Jimmy Ray. He goes, wrong brother. I got two. He's got one. Like, that. <laughs> I was like, let me told me to say that. Because <laughs> um, I'm like, I wanted to think like I'm like, you know, oh. yeah. <laughs> I like, I know, I know the difference between Jamie Foxx and Denzel Washington. I'm like, dumb. <laughs> but that was an incredible night of um, just incredible stories by some tremendous individuals. It's a moment in time. I mean, you know, Lee Daniels had some incredible stories. Lee Daniels, I think, was a little scared of me at first because I was like the largest white person. Like, you know, like he sat next to me on the couch at one time and kind of looked up and scooted over a few more feet. <laughs> <laughs> like you're going to topple over on him or something? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like, you know, like yeah. fall on me or something. <laughs> you, just, you just start teetering. <laughs> Uh-oh, it's happening again. Whoa. I'm just falling. <laughs> I told and, you. you know, George Clinton, who, man, the stories that he has is unbelievable. You know, he was, uh, his, just uh, the wacky business of show business, you know, and the, Funk music, and the one thing I, I, I think I can truly say after meeting a lot of the people that I met in my life and been fortunate enough to be around, we're all people. Just because of what we do for a living, being famous doesn't change you. You're still a person. You still have, you know, you still want to be loved. You still want to be appreciated. You still want to be respected as an individual and as a person. You know, so you can't put people on pedestals because they're famous or because they're a wrestling star or a movie star. You got to be people. A good friend of mine, Alex Ponovich, who's on uh, Snowpiercer and Van Helsing. I've known Alex for, for a good while. He's a good buddy. He's a real good buddy of Mata's, too. Remember Mata? Crazy, real deal Mata? Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. NXT? Yeah, good oh, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Alex got to work with Anthony Hopkins, and he just, like, that picture of me with Denzel and everybody, in that picture, I'm actually pinching Denzel's ass trying to make him laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know me. We friends now, so what do I do? I grab Denzel's butt. But, oh, I got a picture of him. He's laughing. You know, he made it funny. But Alex calls me and tells me about this, this guy, Tony, that he's working with. Oh, yeah, Tony this and Tony that. And he's setting me up. You know, I'm like, Tony, who are you working with? You know, Tony, Tony who? He goes, you know, Anthony Hopkins. I call him Tony. I'm like, <laughs> you're working with Anthony Hopkins and you call him Tony? He goes, yeah, I call him Tony. But it was an interesting and this is a wise, I don't know if you call it a proverb or, or thing to remember. Uh, if you're a young superstar or a young actor or an athlete or just a person that doesn't do anything famous, it's still, I think, a good thing to keep in mind if this story will help someone. Alex was asking Tony, Anthony Hopkins, he says, you know, how do you, like in science, like, how do you with the character and, and he cuts him off? And Anthony Hopkins says, you'll never be as good an actor as I am. It's pretty like, whoa. I mean, even my buddy Alex is like, damn, I didn't expect you to shoot on me like that. (laughs) But like Anthony Hopkins says, he says, you put me on a pedestal that I didn't put myself. He says, you put me on that pedestal. And whenever you put someone on a pedestal or put them above you, you're never going to be as good as them. You have to believe in yourself and everyone's equal. So when you think about that, these guys that come into a wrestling and they're like, oh my God, Shawn Michaels, oh my God. Kofi Kingston. See what I did there, Kofi? (laughs) 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 But when the younger talent does that, sure, they should be respectful. but They should also understand that they've worked and paid dues and made sacrifices and made whatever criteria is at that time for them to be included in that locker room. They made it. So stop the kiss. Stuff, stop shaking my hand 17 times and catering in line. And you know I me, mean? I don't need to know you until I work with you. 
you know, unless you've done something in the ring that's going to make me a fan of you. Because it's, it's not going to set in. There's too many faces, there's too many names. Distinguish yourself, set yourself apart. Be an incredible talent in the ring. You don't get points for being the nicest person backstage. You know what I'm saying? You get points for for being a competitor in the ring. You get points for putting in seats. You get points for being safe, dependable. Whatever we ask of this young man and young lady, they can do. That's my words of wisdom to the younger generation watching. You know, because, you know, you're trying to get your food. You've got four pre-tapes to do, two matches, you know. And then you look over and there's like four guys lined up to shake your hand. You know what I mean? Like, I appreciate <laughs> well, not it. Yet. Not yet. Hey, huh? <laughs> no, sir. No, sir. There, there's way too many idiots in politics. I don't need that. <laughs> sir, I'm good. Your acting career. Let's go there. Like, tell people about your show on Netflix. Big show, show on Netflix. Um, that was a great culmination between WWE and Netflix. Um, I've driven Vince nuts since Rock was on Saturday Night Live for a sitcom. Like, to the point of all those trips overseas to Iraq and Afghanistan with Vince, if I sat next to him, I was driving him nuts. All those times you guys came up to, to Raw and I was sitting in the chair next to him, at some point that night, I had driven him nuts about my TV show. Like, I wanted to show, like, I'm telling you, I can do this. I can do this. Like, when King of Queens came out, oh, I, I think Vince banned me from Gorilla for, like, <laughs> He was like, you see, I could do this. I could do this. King of Queens, I can do this. I can do this. In my mind, let's, 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 let's call it what it is. King of Queens <laughs> is a pretty good show. It's pretty fun. But Fantastic show. This opportunity came up with this partnership. I got the chance, and they put the, uh, put the ball in my hands. I ran my mouth. Told them I could do it, begged for it, and I got the opportunity. It only took, what, 15, 16, 17, 18 years. It's great. I got the great casting. The girls on my cast are amazing. Allison Munn plays my wife, Cassie. Juliet Donafield, uh, who's a favorite among the little kids. She plays my youngest daughter, JJ. Lily Brooks O'Brien plays my uh, middle daughter, Mandy, who is the... She recycles. She's very, uh, very liberal. She's the... The one that you know is going to be running for public office, the shining star, but she's also got middle child syndrome, which I guess is a real thing according to her or her character. And then uh, Raylan Castor, who plays Lola, who's my oldest from previous relationship. So um, it's my big show character, retired, living in Tampa, who's now not on the road four or five days a week, who's home. He's got three girls. His oldest daughter comes to live with us to get more time. Her mom's working at a different job, got a chance to work in Europe, so... Now I have these four girls in the house. It's pretty much me, uh, like a puppy in a giant house of bacon. I'm all over the place. You know, I want to make up. And I think it's something that all of us can identify with. When we're gone on the road, we come home, we try to make up for being gone. But you want to be involved. You want, you want to make the practices and the recitals and, and just everything, even if it's just hanging out with them, whatever it is, because you want to, you want to soak up as much of their presence as you can because you miss them. You know, and I think that's where my character's coming from. Although I tend to uh, screw up everybody's plans on the show. My oldest gets a boyfriend. He's got a real cool name named Greg Turbo. But I end up developing a bromance with her boyfriend, which instantly makes her dump the boyfriend. And then I have to break up with him too. He's like, him and I are sneaking off and getting yogurts and going to batting cages yeah. and stuff because we're like bros. And she absolutely hates it because her dad can't be friends with a boyfriend. It's just weird. It's really well written and it's a show that I wanted for the entire family. That's the thing. When you have kids, unless it's a cartoon, there's not a lot for you to watch. And some of the shows you do watch, some of the kids are so snarky. My kid talked to me like that, I would shave his or her head. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's all I want to do. I can't wait. It was give me fun for that. That's a great punishment. Yeah, shave the head. Girl or boy, yes. shave the head. Yes. I see how you're doing. Oh, okay. You, you're expressing yourself now. You're expressing yourself. Well, you're expressing yourself in a disrespectful way, so let me disrespect you by taking all your hair. Because I know how mad it makes me. <laughs> so that was always my threat for my daughter. I never. <laughs> I used to tell her all the time. You know, she got older. She got smart to save your head. Well, you won't. You like my hair. I might do it. <laughs> I just, you know, I, I became the giveth and taketh away of electronics. It was like the iPads, the Kindles, the phones. Well, I'd take all that away somehow. 
Well, how am I going to contact my friends? I don't care. Light a fire in the backyard and send them a smoke signal. <laughs> <laughs> you no longer have electronics. <laughs> you can't manage electronics and do what you need to do. <laughs> the Jedi mind trick. Jedi mind trick. These are not the droids you're looking for. You are not getting these back. <laughs> the force is with me. Hey. So I still, still kind of on the on your acting uh, experience. I feel right. like people don't always realize uh, that the people coming out of WWE that are in acting, that are in Hollywood, that have TV shows, right. like they don't ever realize. Whenever I'm talking to people about it, like the that you've the fact that you've been on the grind acting for years, that you yeah. have put time in there as well. Like you've paid your dues in wrestling, and you've gone through years of paying dues in in Hollywood. You thought right. you find that something that people don't realize as well. Yeah, I, I think people are, you know, because it's, it, hey, look, you know, somebody has seen some success, they're like, oh, of course, it's destined to happen, or, yeah, look at the size, or, or, or of course, it's Big Show, he's been around, you know, I don't think, it's hard for anyone to understand the work that goes into it, or a lot of opportunities aren't given to you because of your size. Yeah, I haven't gotten any parts yet that are, you know, Academy Award worthy or anything like that, but you know what, I'd love to have a part where I could put some real some real guts into it you know what i mean something like that to show the chops i mean you know you you work with what you can but it's hard to prove to people that this giant massive human being isn't just a, a doorman and you know what i mean it's like there's more to me than that you know there, there's depth i understand character i understand where the characters come from backstory i mean i've had to do that with years of of sports entertainment it's just like live theater what we do is like live theater. You know, Wendy Malick is, is a good friend of mine. And that was one of the main comparisons that she said about what we do. We're on stage every night, you know. So, yes, when we go to our different opportunities that come up in wrestling, a TV show here, an acting gig here, even shooting a commercial with other actors and you're that wrestler in that commercial, isn't it funny how surprised every producer is or every PA or every other actor at how polite we are, how we're on time and how we know our lines, you know, just tell us where to stand and what, ca and what camera to work to. I, I didn't know you guys. I said, yeah, we're all like this men and women too. Like this is, this is every day for us. This is a grind. We've got some incredible young men and women in our industry. that could be representing companies extremely well that aren't going to go out and do some of the things that other athletes do. It's hard for me because I feel like, and I came in this business 20-something years ago where respect was even harder to find. 25 years ago, I went to Hollywood. I couldn't get a meeting. I couldn't get one with anyone. But because of the success of Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, because of the success of Dave Bautista, success of John Cena, the only wrestlers that Hollywood knew about before those guys was Roddy Piper and Hulk Hogan. We were all typecasted. You know, Rock was able to change that. Rock was able to say, oh, no, I'm an action star. I'm the action star, and I'm going to fill theaters and break box office records. Dave Batista says, no, I'm a big muscle-up dude, and I can be funny. Like, funny, funny, because, you know, he's got timing. And he's got, and we know Dave and his heart and his personality. Same thing with John. John's a consummate professional. He goes out there, and, you know, he is Captain America, literally walking 24-7. <laughs> that's, that's Captain America, you know. So it's good for... For Hollywood starting, I think, to adjust to the fact that we're not a, a cesspool of circus performers and car salesmen. That <laughs> yeah. I think was the misnomer to begin with. I think they are starting to understand that there's a lot of people that are very passionate about entertainment, very passionate about their careers. The one thing that all of us have in common is, is that desire to perform, that desire to express. Because I think that's been the hardest thing for me the past few months, you know, the show wrapping up, COVID, you know, not really doing much with Raw or SmackDown. You know, it's where's that where's that creativity? How do I how do I get this out? Because this is bottled up. You know, obviously from words with friends, you guys know I can't spell. So it's not like I'm gonna write a book. <laughs> Audiobook, bro. Yeah, maybe I can do that. Maybe I'll maybe I'll speak into a microphone or somebody else. The, the tumbling that I took from Big E and Word with Friends as Scared me from ever sitting down to a typewriter again. <laughs> like the typewriter. Typewriter? <laughs> typewriter. God. brought it all the way back. brought it all the way back. <laughs> well, what else would you use? I mean, these, I, don't, I haven't seen a typewriter. Uh, laptop? 
a, a laptop, computer, a phone, an iPad. You, you know, know what? Uh, on, on that, on that, on that, we're going to rap. On that, we're going to rap. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I did there? Hey. Oh, hey. yeah. Or you're talking about Maymays. You know, you know you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about Maymays. Talk about Maymays. Oh my God. That's the last one that we got to Where stop. were yes. we? Australia? Yes. Yeah. Were we Australia? It was. Australia. I was, you guys were making all these different videos online and they were cool. So I remember saying to Biggie and Kofi and yourself, I said, hey, those memes y'all guys are doing are pretty cool. <laughs> all fell out. I know it was called a meme. Like, <laughs> you know, why is it a meme? Why isn't it a meme? Like, you know, I it was a you know, the funny thing about it too is that earlier in the week, you had said it in conversation. I was like, did he? Uh, he we let it slide. We let it slide. He yeah. 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 You know, certainly he, he didn't intentionally say May May. And then later in that tour, talked about it. <laughs> and we did. Yeah, we talked about it. And then later in the tour, you come back. Can you believe his big nose? <laughs> you just said you said May May, right? Oh no, it's yeah. a mistake. We're like, no, no, it's it's fine. It's fine. He he he'll, he'll learn. He won't hit it again. He won't hit it again. He said no, it. He, no did. he did though. He had to put yeah. it you catch me. You got to tell me because I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Having a big fight with Edge. I was working with Kali, and he used the wrong word. I said, uh, oh, "Man, I just, I just hate how my character. You know, I'm subjugating my character." <laughs> <laughs> and Edge goes, "What are you talking about?" I said, well, dude, all I'm doing is just, I'm just bumping left and right. I mean, poor Kali can't do nothing. All I'm doing is bumping and feeding, and bumping and feeding. I can't, I can't be subjugating my character like that. He goes. <laughs> I don't think you know what that means. What you trying to do? Subjugate, you know, to, to devalue. Subjugate means to enslave. I went, no, it doesn't. Cain, what does subjugate mean? You're Cain from the other. Means to enslave. You know, <laughs> Please stop bothering me, you idiot. You know, you know so that was, that was the big, you know, because Edge is a wordsmith. That was been 10 years ago. Is there anything that you want to tell the people that you didn't get to tell them while they've had you here? Oh, you know, I forgot what we're doing. I was just happy to see you guys. Aww. <laughs> you know, I, I've done a terrible job of promoting the Big Show show on Netflix and promoting Monday Night Raw and my current controversy with Randy Orton. But uh, anyway, I just missed the hell out of you guys. That's all. I'm just happy to see you. Miss you too, show. Miss you too, show. You, too, show. No, you should feel bad for beating my ass at words with friends. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never feel but bad. Green, no. but you're a big, green, jealous monster. That's what it is. Never. Jealous monster. No, sir. Not me. Thanks. Not I. Well, make sure that y'all are following uh, Big Show on all his social accounts, keeping up with please, all the stuff please. that he's got going on. And make sure on. you catch up my cool memes that I put out yeah. every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. Uh, make sure you're telling your friends about the New Day podcast, making sure they know how to download it, make sure they subscribe, and make sure they go get that sweet New Day podcast t-shirt. Do I get one of those for being on the show? Yeah, you just got to yeah, go to the yeah, website. Yeah. You got to go to the uh, www.shop.com first. <laughs> And, uh, you know, enter in your credit card uh, information. Make me pay. Wow. You, <laughs> you tight, man. Wow. <laughs> we'll get you one, bro. We'll yeah, get you yeah, one. We'll get you one. I mean, well, you, you'd be like a size large now, dropping all that weight. He's slim. Oh, he's slim yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, I'm slim. Big, in, big show with the big and asterisk and, yeah, and quotation marks. I'm in my mouth now. I'm too light in the air. I might not be able to back it up. <laughs> I got to be, I gotta be sure who I, who I talk to now. He's just tall. He's the tall show now. Tall show. He's just tall. I'm not afraid of him. He's, tall. he's, he's wearing a, a medium shirt. <laughs> Is that yeah. He's trying to look at the tag. Yeah. He's wearing a double medium. <laughs> Bend down for a minute. Let me see that. Did I tell you about the lady at, uh, at Burger King who cussed me out? No, oh. but now I have to hear about it. <laughs> no, we, we have to, have You're to. never closing the show. Never. <laughs> uh, you can keep this or leave it, whatever. So I'm at Burger King and I got a tank top on and I have lost a lot of weight. So I'm standing in line, and this is before all the COVID craziness and all that stuff, of course. You know, so I'm standing in line. This black lady behind me just mm, like that. And I look back at her, and she's just just sucking her teeth, like completely disgusted with me. <laughs> like, I'm like, what did I do? I don't know what to do. She goes, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. And I'm like, I haven't beat anybody up on TV. In my mind, I'm like. I sit in cat poop or something. Like, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, what? I said, pardon? Because I'd be saying to yourself, I know what you're doing. What is that, man? You run around, got all them tattoos on you trying to look like the big show. 
You ain't no big show. Big <laughs> <laughs> show's a big 500 pound good looking man. It's your skinny ass. You know. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, no, I'm just gonna, big show's big fine, man. <laughs> you, you, I'll be ashamed of yourself. Mm. She was done with me. I was dismissed. Yeah, I, was I just turned around. I was like, do I pull out my wallet or like, here's my ID. Would she know my real name? I mean, you know, but yeah, she was completely upset with me because the big show apparently is a 500 pound good looking big man. And I'm just some skinny big tall white guy that I'd be embarrassed with a big show tattoo. <laughs> I was, was a, a compliment and an incredible diss all at the same time. Same time. That well, was like you used to be fine. <laughs> yeah, that was it. I was like, and look at you now. now. <laughs> look at you. Look at you. Now. How the mighty have fallen. <laughs> yes. Mm. It used to be a quarter ton of fun. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Oh man. Yeah, thank you for having your show. I'm sorry if I wasn't a good guest. No, you're incredible. Come on, man. Thank you, show. So good. I love you guys so much.